The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm hosting after a long time, so I'm a bit flustered. But anyway, what's your name? Oh yeah, my name is Omna. I knew I was forgetting something, but. Thankfully, I have two amazing girls in the studio with me. You're listening to me, Amina. Me, Mariam. And, and me, Sadia. So if you hear anyone coughing, it's me. Yep, we're trying. Or oh, anyone's phone r- ringing, that it's Sadia. And it just did. Yeah, so girls, turn your phones on silent. Um, anyway, for today's main topic, we will be talking about um, culture. But before we get into that, we have a little segment on our show called Thought of the Week. Oh, wait. Before that, Mariam, can you tell our viewers um, what our show is about? So our show is a platform for Muslim girls to voice their own opinions on current events and issues and even form discussions on general topics such as religion, culture, politics and social media. We want to note that all opinions and views are our own and we respect all other opposing views. I remember when we, when I was like writing down that whole um, intro bit. It's, it's gone so fast. It's been two years now. That same thing. <laughs> it's very useful. It it's, show it's, up it though. Does. So um, <coughs> yeah. So if you hear anything from us, it is just our opinion, and we're just discussing things like a normal conversation. Um, oh yeah. Also, if you want to get into contact with us, you can contact on WhatsAppia. You can contact us on our Facebook live streaming if you're on there. Uh, you can call us in on 01582481822 and you can text us in on that as well. Preferably text anything else other than that. Uh, that's about it. No, that's about it. So, yeah. yeah, text us. We're also on WhatsApp, Facebook live, obviously. You can watch us there <laughs> and comment underneath. Um, so, yeah, like I said, we have a segment called Thought of the Week where we just... Um, share with each other and anyone who's listening something that we thought was interesting or something inspirational um so Sadia what is your thought of the week um so this week I've literally left uni like I've done my last exams I've left my university like in Cardiff come back to Luton and now it's kind of hitting me that three years of amazing experiences and also traumatic experiences but like but making all these different friends is over and it was probably like the best three years of my life even though there was many ups and downs and it's I'm just very sad about it right now um I've heard a lot about this post-uni depression thing and I can tell it I'm it's gonna I'm gonna be going through it I can tell I can tell already um and it's also like the last few weeks I've met so many people in my uni through like socials and events and like group gatherings that I've known existed or whatever and I've known them as friends as friends but like actually had conversations with them and it just makes me think like I wish I got to know you a year ago and then we could have like developed it further like it just makes you feel really really sad that it's all come to an end and you didn't make 100% the best of it. So I guess what the lesson here is, is make the most of the present, make the most of the people around you, speak to as many people as you can, get out of your shell, get out of your bubble. Don't, you know, don't keep within your group all the time. Sometimes branch out and speak to others because you might be missing out on some great people, you know. That's me. And... I'm sad that uni's finished. Congratulations, though. Well done. I don't know. The real world doesn't look fun. (laughs) But you've made it. You've made it through three years. And anyone that goes to university... It's a big achievement. It is a massive achievement. Don't underplay it. You've you've done amazing. And I think that's what university is about. It's about personal development. Of course, you're learning what you went to study for, but you learn so much about yourself. I feel like it's been a personal journey for me at university. I've definitely come out my bubble. And I think even on the radio show, you could see over time how university has influenced me in the way I articulate myself. Um, it, I've grown in confidence. And I think that is because I was given the opportunity to go out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think there's more positive. I'm sure you'll have new steps, Sadia, and I'm sure you'll find um, new things to go to. <laughs> New beginnings. Uh, yeah. After every end, there's always a new beginning. 
How about that? Yeah, but yeah. it won't be the same. It won't be the same, but nothing is the same. So you know. Yeah, that's yeah. I think it's good to mention though. I feel like everyone seems to go through that after they leave university. Yeah, and you're not alone. It's not something that people really tell you about. I feel. Yeah, it's not. So yeah. And it's also crazy because you've been in education since you were what the age of four, and now suddenly you're in the real world, and no one really prepares you for that. Hmm. For that big jump. That's very prepares true. Prepares you for like, oh, you're gonna be do your exams. You go to college. Do your exams. You go to uni, and then what happens after that? Do you, and it's like, do, do your, your exams, exams and then go jobs. outside. Yeah, do what you want. Scary. Very scary. That's, you, what, that's why I did a placement here, yeah. to be honest. I was, it was me and Amina were talking about that because I, I, foresaw, I could foresee myself not like handling it well like mm. Sadia. So I did a placement here to help me build my professional skills. And it was really hard when I first had to jump from studying to working doing being in the workplace i mean the first thing that like shocked me is that i only have 25 days off in the whole year mm. that was like that was a massive shock in the system I'm like wow i'm very committed yeah because you're some no summer holidays. holidays in the <laughs> yes. when you're at uni they're just massive i i had three work three uni days a week so i had four day weekends well yeah so now me too. suddenly i'm having to work five times <laughs> nine to fives <laughs> yeah that, that so is a shock to the system isn't it? when you're studying it's so flexible you you get you tailor your own routine. Do you guys think the education system doesn't like prepare us for this real world? I don't think I it don't does. think it does. Because all you do is learn theory. There's yeah. no practical it's we never taught about how your your degree is transferable to yeah. the real world. You're never taught that. Yeah, like in my degree I learned so much about Marx and communism, but do I learn anything about how to work within the government? No. Hmm. Don't know about that. <laughs> Don't know about the different parts. I think that's that that should be like a suggestion that mm. people should take because if you have a say a person who works like in terms of lecturers, if you have a lecturer that worked in government and they come and they give their their two cents or they give yeah, their experience. Not I did a whole module on practicality to be fair, but it, not everyone had the option. But even of it. if it you was do, like only a few could do it. Yeah, I feel like even if you do uh, a module on. Like professionalism module. in the workplace or whatever you're not actually getting that experience no, so it's a bit what, like when I did uh, a module on that it was just a bit I feel like I, I didn't know <coughs> I didn't have the experience to be able to um, benefit from that it was just things that you learn I think to be fair to my university we had a module that was placement module and everyone took it because you only had three weeks of lectures and then you had to go on actual placement so hmm. Well, I kind of cheated because I said my radio show is placement, but... <laughs> <laughs> Exposed. <laughs> I missed no, that. What did she say? So, basically... You cheated how? I cheated because, basically, I had a module that was placement, so three weeks of lectures, and then the rest, like, five or six of them were... You had to work in the workplace, and uh, I chose... I said to... I put on my form that Inspire FM is my workplace. Oh. But, <laughs> but to be honest... It is. I it is. You're working you It is workplace. I'm, le- I'm gaining experience. And yeah, a lot. My, my lecturer, he's like... I said to him, like, I had to convince him because he's English literature, and I said to him, you know, there's so much transferable skills, and he was like, hmm, you know, pressing a button. I was like, excuse me, Actually, I have You don't press any button. <laughs> I don't press any button, number one. Number two, let me show you what I do. Then Did you send him a link? I sent him a link and then on my presentation, I had to do a presentation, I showed him and I was like, hi guys, I do a radio show, but let me show you what I do because some people are convinced that you just press a button and he gave me a first. So, just saying. Well, that's good. And I think this has, we've talked about this before, it's been really yeah. good experience here. But um, I know you said a lot, but do you have a thought of the week, Marion? I think my thought of the week is after every end, there's a new beginning. I think keep it short. That's real cute. Yeah. That's a good one because I think that a lot of people are coming to the end of their yeah. year. Even like GCSEs, GCSEs my cousin's finished with her GCSEs yeah. I think that now. That captures what people are going through right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, can I do a little shout out? My friend yeah. has been watching um, Sister Speak like for the last year, and she's just like, "When's my shout out?" So shout out <laughs> Fatima Mohammed. Here you are, finally. Aww, thanks for listening. Thanks to our biggest fan. I love loyal fans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people tell me that they watch the show. Honestly, every time they tell me that it they watch it, I'm just like, yeah, really? Makes, wow. It makes my day. But then I think, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, thank you to everyone who's listening. What did you watch? What was the show? What happened, huh? Are you lying? <laughs> yeah, you're just saying that because you're my friend. Um, but What's yeah. your thought of the week? <laughs> what did you say? What's your thought of the week? Oh, yeah. My thought of the week. Um, oh, my God. It was literally just in my head. Um, my thought of the week is... Um, a little bit different to you, to you lot. Um, I was I've been thinking lately that communication is something 
that we often forget we have like you know when you have an issue or mm. something's upsetting you it just takes it it might be a bit daunting but it just takes a couple of words to someone that you trust or even someone that you have a problem with to solve that issue and when we keep things inside it, I feel like it makes the situation worse and it makes it last a lot longer because every time I have um communicated my problems it just it solved a lot quicker than I expected and I don't know we need to just remind ourselves that mm. no matter what we say whether it that person gets annoyed or not you're still um the outcome is still positive because if that person takes it uh badly I guess then it kind of just shows you the kind of person you're dealing yeah. with and you don't you know maybe you aren't like good friends or what whoever yeah, you think... have the problem with but it's always important because then there's yeah exactly so yeah you guys communicate yeah, and it not just for bad things like if you love someone or if you mm. really appreciate one of your friends or someone's done something nice for you just communicate that because it mm. it just you know it's nice. it yeah it's a nice thing to do i think like i really need to be able to do that i feel like people that you know do communicate what their feelings are it, it shows like boundaries as well because then people can't walk all over you and it also shows that you know you're willing to um mitigate any problems that you have between you two and something that i kind of experience is that if you keep communicating um say if you have a friend and you keep communicating and these are the things that make me uncomfortable and they don't do anything about it 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 because you keep materializing what you're feeling you kind of have that opportunity to take a step back and think what is the basis of your friendship or what is the basis of this relationship hmm. and it makes you think more holistically because if you don't communicate and you're just bubbling inside sometimes your thoughts can become really irrational sometimes Definitely. you might assume that someone's thinking so negatively of you but, but it's like the complete opposite it's it, a complete opposite it's just a misunderstanding it's a misunderstanding and you both feel so much better once it is resolved on the, on the other hand, if you communicate something and you're feeling um, someone's not treating you right or something's bothering you and they don't respond to it or they don't react to it um, and help into, to improve the situation, then that's a good setting stone to kind of realise that this is the type of person you're dealing with and it's not on your part. Mm -hmm. You've done your bit. So I think what you're saying, that communication is so important. It helps, being, it helps you being transparent because if you, if you communicate that, you know, what you're feeling then you're, there's nothing that you're hiding. Hmm. You're, and also, I think it just uh, it just creates a stronger bond between I think it's more people. fresh and it's more um, healthier. I think it's, that's the word. It's more healthier. We're too grown for this. Yeah. It's, I feel it's really... Um, immature. Im immature to not... To just keep things in and... Um, and be to silent. go as far to just tell yeah. people about your issues with one person to someone who's not involved, that's, yeah. like, even worse. Absolutely. But yeah, communication is key, guys. As cliche as it sounds, it's true. All the cliche quotes that we see on the internet, they're true. You know? <laughs> like every Practice time I say it. a cliche little phrase, and I see it all over Facebook when I was like 13, but it's true and I live by it. <laughs> but yeah, our Thought of the oh, Week segment is over. Who, like quits their jobs and goes traveling. She <laughs> lives by the internet. <laughs> I'm going traveling, it's for me, guys. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, on to our next segment, uh, which is our hot topics. Um, Sadia will lead with that. So yeah, so nice to be back. Love my little section. The hot, hot topics always been yeah, so Yeah, we long. missed you yeah, doing hot topics. we invited you specifically for the hot topics. You invited me. <laughs> you invited me. <laughs> she has a right no, to be here. <laughs> no, no, no. As in, the, as in invited you. Yeah, I know, I know. I you messaged. I was like, I completely forgot I was going to be here for the show. But yeah, I'm so glad you did because this topic is very interesting so um the topic that we're going to be doing today is sudan uh before we go back to it um i'd like to remind you guys that you can call in or text in on 015824818822 because um, i'd love to hear your opinions on this uh this topic so um the ask the what's been going on in sudan to give some context um president omar al-bashir has recent had recently been ousted by the um military uh well not military government but military hunter who is now in government uh there had been there had been protests by the sudanese people to get him out he was in power for 30 years did i already say that i don't think so okay yeah he he had been in power 30 years and that's a really really long time for somebody who's supposedly supposedly president especially especially if you compare it to um 
Western democracies where it's usually like four or five years where you're president. So it's more like, is it an option for this man to be here? But anyway, we'll brush that aside for now. Um, and yeah, so right now what the situation is, is now that um, Omar has been, uh, has been taken out of power, the military junta is now in government. And that has proven very um, messy and hence the unrest in Sudan at the moment. So after, uh, on June the 3rd, I believe, there was there were protests. And I remember that um, even way before uh, I work, uh, I, well, I'm part of a society that works with refugees. And a lot of these refugees were Sudanese people. And from talking to them, a lot of them had been protesting in Cardiff, like around the country against the, these repressive governments. And this topic has been around for a really, really long time, but only recently have more um, mainstream news platforms been airing it. And I'll explain why later. Uh, so on June 3rd, what happened was a pr uh, the, the numbers are, they differentiate some uh, news say that it was 30 whereas some doctors have claimed that it was at least 100 people who were killed by the junta um, and others were saying it's around uh, 61 then this was by um, Sudanese officials the US condemned what uh, US condemned it and called it a brutal attack and the UK said that the military council bore a full responsibility uh, however there hasn't been a lot of uh, foreign intervention in the matter uh, yet and I think that's the reason why a lot of this uh, social protesting on social media by the people has been happening um, another thing that's been going on is an internet shutdown in Sudan so family uh, in Sudan cannot communicate with you know their family abroad to tell them what's been going on uh, the internet shutdown has been costing a lot of businesses millions of dollars, according to local newspapers. And apparently that's something that the country can't afford right now. And especially considering the economic pro uh, problems at the moment, um, it's adding to the pro uh, protests and loads of other things as well. So you've got violence, you've got, um, you know, m media repression and you've got continued violence and just, miscommunication between the people and um, the hunter and there's just a lot going on at the moment so what the uh, this thing is in terms of social media have you guys seen these blue display pictures mm -hmm. on what platforms exactly have you seen them on instagram just literally all platforms all of them have you seen them on facebook i haven't really seen them on facebook um a few but the the media coverage is really big on facebook i feel but like not, I haven't seen the blue profile pictures as much. Yeah. But I've seen it on everything else. Even some people on WhatsApp have been doing it, which is yeah, interesting. Like, it's that, amazing. <laughs> so what these blue uh, display pictures are is it's an acknowledgement that I feel like we, uh, a lot of people have been ignoring what's been going on in Sudan and there hasn't been a lot of mainstream military uh, coverage on these issues. Mm -hmm. So I think these blue display pictures were the people of the world seeing what's been going on and saying, no, I'm going to stand up and show my um, solidarity with these people. So the concept of the blue came from this 26-year-old man called Mohammed Mata, Mata um, and he was one of the people who died in the protests. And his profile picture on Instagram was a blue image and apparently blue is his favorite color. So a Sudanese-American human rights advocate, uh, Ramiz Mahgoub Kalelian, urged his followers to adopt the blue pictures to paint Sudan blue. And he wrote in the caption, please change your profile photos and let the world know what's happening. We cannot be silenced. United we stand, divided we fall. Our strength in, is in unity. This specific shade of blue is in honor of the martyr Mohammed Mata. The shade of blue was his profile picture on Instagram, and as a symbol of honor, all martyrs we've changed to all martyrs we've changed ours to blue. And his profile has been liked more, almost like three hundred thousand times. And wow. also, like celebrities like Demi Lovato and Naomi Campbell have also joined the movement and have changed their profile pictures to blue. And there's been a lot more news coverage because of this, because um, 
I know that Al Jazeera and, and uh, I think it was ABC or LBC have written articles on why social media has gone blue. Um, and there's been a lot more social media coverage. I remember that during the initial protests from Omar uh, against Omar al-Bashir, there was a picture of this um, Sudanese woman. I don't know if you guys remember. She looked, she was, I think she was wearing white and she looked really, yeah, really powerful. I, and the I remember that was picture. Surfing. Yeah. And um, apparently right now, like the women are at the forefront of these demonstrations. And the video of the woman, the picture, she's been named uh, Kandaka, meaning Nubian queen. And the chance for her, like it's gone viral. Mm -hmm. So my question to you guys right now is, what do you think like ha has happened from changing your blue uh, display pictures to blue? Has it actually changed anything in the situation? Do you think what's the impact of it in your opinion? Is it lazy protest? I think it's um, it's a good way to educate people because when when you do go on Instagram, for example, and you see everyone has this blue profile picture and maybe you don't understand why that is just something as small as that it is a really small thing to do but if someone doesn't know about the situation they'll obviously look up why does everyone have a blue profile picture and they'll be educated on the situation and then they can become part of it have you guys changed your pictures yeah i changed my profile picture and there's something that i read on the internet which i think is really true that um it, it said that sudan has broke the internet without having the internet and I think that's yeah. so powerful. Um, and I think I, I agree with what Amina said. I think it does bring some sort of accountability of what's happening because, you know, we're changing our profile pictures. It does, people who are, for example, my colleague, she didn't know why, the, what was happening in Sudan because mm. there's no news coverage, right? So in that, in that sense, I think social media has a massive influence in the way we kind of even react to news. Yeah. Mm. I agree. I had people asking me too, like, why is your, why is everyone's like display pictures blue? And I was, and I had to explain it to them. And I remember one of my friends um, coming to me to rant the other day because she saw someone else's Instagram stories and they were saying how it's so pointless to be changing your uh, pictures to blue. What's the point? Like, you're not saving any lives. Go and donate. And it really annoyed her. Um, and I get wise because. The problem is Sudan, it's not a financial issue in the end of the day. It's not something you could like, throw your money at um, and the problem would be over. It's political. It's about government corruption and the people not having a say in, in, in government. Like, yes, the reason for the protests was initially economical. However, I feel like a lot of people think that donating and, you know, like financial aid is always going to be the the and the be all and end all for all problems in the world but a lot of things are more social and political um not everything's a charity hmm. situation i agree and like you said that we all know people that are not aware of the situation and it's not like it's being covered on mainstream news mm -hmm. so something as small as changing your profile picture will educate someone so you know i think it i think in this sense, social media is just an amazing platform because it's just become another form of... Um, Resistance. Yeah, and it's just become another form of media, like another place to get your news and and maybe things that are... Like sometimes things are not authentic, but with things like this, when it's not being covered as much, we can get all the information we can. Do you guys think it's lazy protest though? Do you think it's more impactful to get up out and go in front of Westminster and like hold signs and shouts at the government to I make a change. Don't agree. I don't think it's lazy protest because, you know, I feel like if you change your profile picture, someone's going to look at it. So someone's yeah. going to know about the situation. And also it, there's people can, uh, some people can only do so much. Like if you can go and protest in front of Westminster, that's amazing and go and do that. But, you know, not everyone can go out and go protest like there's a number of reasons why you I think someone might not... not be able to and these are like little things and I think it uh, in the age we are now I think that is just as effective because mm. a lot of people are using social media and if not one form then they'll be using another and they'll be educated on it somehow obviously going uh, on a, like a physical protest is great but People may not even know about those protests if they didn't mm. see your profile picture. I think what the thing is to say that, you know, everyone can contribute in different ways. 
So it's not to say that going out to protest is any less than changing a profile picture. Everyone's contributing one way. Every, nobody can do everything, but everybody can do something. And I think that is what, what's happening with this uh, situation. Yeah, you're right. Protests can be in so many different forms. And the more you can, there is going on, the better instead of being picky is there anything that you would advise our listeners to do like any last i would advise if you believe in something if you are believing against injustices to speak out in any form that you can even if you don't have to go even if you don't have the resources to go outside and shout there is always little things that you can do write a blog talk to someone you can do anything whatever resources you do have just use that smallest voices can make the biggest change I totally agree. And we are coming to our break. So join us after the break where we will be talking about culture. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Uh, Asalaamu Alaikum guys, we're back from our break. Uh, if you've just tuned in, we are. you're listening to Sisters Speak. And uh, today we'll be uh, talking about the topic of culture, which is a pretty wide topic. We've talked about this quite a few times. Um, but before we get into that, uh, if you want to, like, obviously you're going to be listening to us. If you want to join in on the conversation, what what can they contact us on, Sadia? You can message us on Facebook Live or you can text us in on 01582481822 or WhatsApp us on the same number or call in, but preferably text or WhatsApp, please. Yeah, or you can... Wait, did you say the Facebook Live thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we comment under our Facebook Live. Um, so let's just get right into the questions. When you... Okay, this is such a Pfizer question. <laughs> what does culture mean I'm, to you? Uh, that is such I, a Pfizer question. Do you know what? I tried to make it different. I didn't say, just give me one word. Give okay. me one word for culture. Culture! <laughs> <laughs> what does it... Okay, what does it mean to you? Like, what does... Okay, I feel like I've, I've this year. I think I've appreciated my culture a lot more. I would say I, agree, I would agree as well. Yeah, okay. and that has to do with like the things I've studied this year because I've learned a lot more about um, Indian history and specifically Bengali achievements within British India. Wow, so I that's got amazing. To learn, yeah, now I appreciate it to a whole new level because I feel like before, oh, I'll expand on that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it means to me is it's, I feel like it's, it makes me different to every, well, not everyone else, but uh, people who are not British Bengalis in the UK. It, make, it gives me a little something um, as outside of just being British. Um, and it's like a little, like unique thing that makes you a bit more colorful i guess something like special to hold it's on something to. special yeah like it's yeah. a part of you that your ancestors have left behind for you mm. and that is i guess what it means to me. that's a nice way to think yeah of it. what I think about it's, you it's a part of your identity like mm. it mm. is i think culture in a sense is is it relates to your identity but also in a broader and generic sense culture is kind of what like there's working culture, there's social culture, mm. there's different brand, strands of culture. I think it's just what a community creates in that sense, what a community creates and how people experience it, if that makes yeah. any sense. When you think about it, you're right. Like where I, I, I'm, when I'm thinking of culture, I'm thinking of my South Asian Bengali culture. But when you think about it like to another level, like you have, you've got different, several different cultures. Mm. Like I've got my British part of my culture, I've got my Muslim culture, I've got my Bengali culture. It's, yeah. I've then got we have British Bengali culture as well. Like, yeah, there's like so many. There's so many levels. Subcultures to it. within a culture. Yeah, yeah. So I was just going to ask you guys: Do you think that your nationality and your ethnicity come together to actually um, make your culture that is personal to you? I think it makes gives you a different culture. Like yeah. Bengali culture in Bangladesh it, is probably a lot different to definitely. British Bengali culture. I think there's like a byproduct of it, mm. and it gives us a different dimension. And I think only people who are who are, who are born here and then they have their Bengali culture, like immigrant children, mm. they experience that subculture. Otherwise, you don't. Yeah. Okay. You? Well, yeah, I feel like it's the same with uh, with Pakistani culture. Like, I'm I would not relate to anyone back home because they're just brought up in a completely different way. Mm. We're brought up in Western society, so this is like British. Pakistani, British, but what Asian. I really like appreciate because, like, I feel if I lived in Bangladesh, I wouldn't get 
that same experiences that I would get here because we are we are we're raised in a multicultural society. So mm-hmm. when we go to school, everyone brings their the experiences to one pot and. Whereas if I was in Bangladesh, everyone is Bengali and majority are Muslims. So it won't be different flavors and you won't yeah. think differently. You all will think the same. And I think that's what I kind of appreciate about being in the UK is the diversity of it. And the even the mentality is diverse because you're experiencing different people. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Um, do you think there are advantages or disadvantages of having culture let's go into the advantages first like what are the advantages of having this identity and something to you know like you said something special to I think it makes you unique it makes you it makes you feel it gives a sense of belonging in terms of like ethnicity it gives you a sense of belonging and it makes you it makes you who you are it gives you that personal stamp about you that I'm Bengali I'm British um, and I'm Muslim so there's like three aspects and three dimensions of your culture and I think that's what makes you you hmm do you think it like it helps you in any way like I I feel like um we all go through an identity crisis if you like when you're when you're growing up when you're a teenager because you're so hormonal like you always think think, who am I in some phases of your life um cultures like in some aspects or some phases in your life uh culture is really important so for example i don't know how i would experience a wedding in my family if there was no culture there'll be no color there'll be no flavor there'll be no nice amazing biryani <laughs> yeah can't imagine that and other aspects i'm so glad alhamdulillah that i'm muslim because you know it's so broad it allows me to be the individual who i am it really it's very philanthropic so it teaches me that you know i should have good character before anything so I can't imagine myself not having that identity. And then being British, you know, just, just the small British things about like talking about the weather. You know, just it just gives you a little <laughs> bit of flavour. <laughs> talking about the weather all the time. The I, I guess flavor, that's, you say. That's, the flavour, the flavour in terms of, you know, um you the know, rain. just it's the, the wow. rain, the rain of all I can think of is the rain right now. But you know, just just the small little aspects like I also would say that British culture and British values is kind of corresponds in terms of manners with religion i really i definitely feel like that i feel like when you're young you know you're taught to say please and thank you at school you, you you're kind of taught that emotional intelligence and i think that really resonates with islam but if you, you take it in that perspective that of course we're doing it for the sake of god but i feel that it's something's really really pushed on you when you're younger in schools mm. do you think there's anything um like that like you said, from British culture, you've learned these uh, qualities. Do you think there's anything unique to your ethnic culture that, of course, that you you've taken and maybe some people may lack in it? Like, I what feel like the social think? aspect. So our families and our the generation before hospitality. us. Hospitality. Huh? Do you mean the hospitality? The hospitality. Yeah, definitely. So you know, for us, we feel like if someone just turns up, we're like, whoa, they just disturbed our routine. We have those thoughts, right? But for them, it's like, well, we, that's an opportunity to host. That's an opportunity to host, you know, oh, thank you for coming to see us. You know, it's it's like good social fun. And I think we kind of moved away from that. That's so true. Because mm. my parents, like, if so, if anyone came to the house, it would make a whole meal for them. But if someone came to my house while I'm sleeping, I would not be happy. Yeah, but I feel like <laughs> we do have... Um, a so, part of us, even though we do get annoyed when people come on like unannounced, there's a little part of us that is like, okay, I need to actually be a good host. I think yeah. that's definitely something we have from, from our, our Asian, Asian background. culture, definitely. Yeah. So, do you have any other like positive things that you? I think it's been helpful. Well, I was going to go on to the disadvantages next. but No, I think that community spirit, though, I think we do kind of have a community spirit. When in times of need Mm -hmm. and, like, if something happens, I I, I do see it. I do Mm. see it. I feel like people people come together. Yeah, people come together under that one banner. They'll come, they'll run to help you. I think that comes from the tradition of being Asian. I think it, mm. that's just something... It's nice to be a part of something. Yeah, it's like that sense of belonging. Mm. Yeah. And like in uni, I remember like I met my first like Bengali in first year and I was like, you're Bengali? Oh my gosh, I haven't met anyone else. And it was just yeah. such Aww. a nice like welcoming feeling. It feels like home. Yeah, yeah, it was like, okay, this feels familiar. Like when you're in a new environment, especially, it's nice to have someone that you know, like will would have grown up similarly to you and you, that's could, true. you can talk about things and make a joke like if you see something on the street that resonates with your upbringing or your culture you can like nudge over like that 
Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas other people would not get it. Yeah, yeah. I totally got what you mean. <laughs> That's true. Like, you That's know, and even if it's not just um, someone of the exact ethnicity as me, when there's, I feel like when there's someone else of a similar background, like even just another person of colour who's in the same room as me, I feel like we just yeah, have absolutely. that understanding, which like is nice. Like someone says something questionable and, and you just guys know that it's look at each other. racist or something. You're just like, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. How um, many times have that happened? <laughs> yeah, it's kind it's of... It's like, are you going to say something or am I going to say something? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like you're a team. It's nice. Um, what about the disadvantages? What are some things about culture like, like we said, we have kind of three identities, mm-hmm. if you like. What are some things that you mm-hmm. don't really want to identify with, I guess, or you just don't really like about the culture? I guess it depends on what culture you come from. But like a lot of, I feel like our culture, there's not, not all, I don't agree with all of it, especially stuff associated with women and mm-hmm. how women are treated in within our culture and the whole culture around your um, fate is you become a housewife and you devote yourself to your husband for the rest of your life and that's all you are you can amount to and I just cannot allow myself to live like that um luckily I'm headstrong enough to say to my parents I'm rebelling no I'm not doing that that's I I want more for myself but a lot of women don't have Mm. that much they just that's they think that's that is what you're made for but I feel like in terms like that culture is the, what holds you back. But I feel like my religion is like pushing me forward, like saying, no, you know, you're not subsidiary. You're mm. actually your own person. You you have your own identity and you're actually valued. And, you know, we have so much great examples in our religion showing us that, you mm. know, to become the greatest teacher, to become the greatest businesswoman. Mm-hmm. Khadija radiallahu, Asha, Asha radiallahu yeah. anha. Yeah, you know, there's just of... so many examples that we can aspire to. But I feel like culture some in in terms of like holding women back i feel like the patriarchal patriarchal side of culture is just to try to control women Mm -hmm. and sometimes they try to use culture and religion to be honest they use both to hold women to a standstill because they just love that control Mm -hmm. i agree i feel like the worst arguably the worst aspect of um some of our cultures is the concept of honor and how it's used to control women um, outside of, you know, the bounds of Islam. Um, and what will people say? Yeah, what will people say if you do this, if you go and continue to study, if you, um, or if you go out with your friends to a place, it's just like, it's restricting the lives of people who are people at the end of the day, not your puppets uh, for your own mm-hmm pride and i think that's so damaging to so many women's lives within our culture it's so sad i i know that i benefit from having fairly liberal parents and also just being able to stand up for myself strong enough to not succumb to that but so many people don't have the same privileges as i do and it's tragic actually and you know you those who are listening who actually do um are victims of honor um uh, I don't know what to say. I, it, I'm I'm so sorry you have to go through that because it mm. sucks. What do you think we can do to actually like to do something about it? To like we have these these issues that we see and we've grown mm. up think like questioning things. What do you think we can do to change that? Maybe Take it's what you like. Ha- I think it's what you said in the beginning of the show is communicate. I think. Mm-hmm. Why uh, why the people um, try to hold us back is because it's unfamiliar. And when there's uncertainty, people are scared. So, you know, they didn't experience what we've experienced in the UK cause, because they were raised in a very um, conservative culture. Hmm. And, you know, they're scared that, you know, we're going to go out of the boundaries or we're going to damage ourselves in one in one like way or another. But if we kind of just stick to our guns and say, you know, you know, I'm doing I'm not doing anything wrong. You know, I'm educating myself. I'm doing this because I want to, you know, expand myself. You know, I, I want to positively um, help myself. Hmm. And, you know, it's just having that conversation and kind of being calm about it. Because, you know, if you're angry and the other person's angry, it's not going to make a very good conversation. You, you have to kind of, I think, I feel like you have to extend your hand out and try to understand where they're coming from. And, you know, I know sometimes it's hard because they don't extend the hand back, hand back, but you know, you you have to keep trying. I feel like you, you owe it to them to keep trying and to try to explain, like, this is the reason why, you know, I'm going out to do this. 
um, and this is what my passion is, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, one day I'll, I'll, I'll be able to show you, it'll, it'll materialize why I've taken these steps. And believe me, one example I have is one of my friends, uni friends, his mom didn't allow him, to, like his mom kind of didn't appreciate the fact that he was writing poetry. He thought that's very um, a feminine thing to do. Mm-hmm. And he, he used it to help his mental health. And today Good. he's released two books Wow. And his, that's and his, amazing. Congratulations that's a lovely, for you, whoever you are. Yeah, that's such a good achievement. Mashallah. And then his mom is so proud of him, and she's like sending the book to Pakistan. And wow. So that's what I'm saying. So you just kind of hold your ground because you yeah. know, you know that you know you can foresee what the future is for what you're doing, mm. but your parents can't. And they, end of the day, parents do want to see you happy. It's just that turbulent journey that you have to get through. You know what, to literally today I was saying to my dad, like I, we were arguing and I was like, if I listened to uh, you and Amma growing up, I would not have accomplished everything. He's like, yep, that's true, but stop doing it. Like, if, I, if, I, if I didn't rebel growing up, you wouldn't see all this. But he, he's, he, like, he's the kind of dad who's like, I'm so proud of you, but I know that if I hadn't made the steps to do what I wanted, I wouldn't have been able to make him this proud of me. Yeah. But and he appreciates it now. Looking for like now that we're in the present, it's the uncertainty. He didn't yeah. know what you were gonna go through. Yeah, and obviously, if you don't know what your child, if your Scary. child, if a child's gonna go to a dark room, but it's a theater, let's just say, right, or it's a TED talk and it's just dark. Mm. You, and you don't know what TED Talk is, but your child is going to go to the dark. Of course, you're going to want to hold your child back. But once the light comes down and you're delivering a talk and you see your child on the other side, yeah. you are the most proudest parent. And I think it's just giving, give your children a chance and trust them. You raised your ch- child. That's true. Trust, just trust is so important. Just trust your child that they will make you proud hmm. and have that conversation with them. Instill that in them. I think the scariest part of honour and our culture in general is honour killings. 100% that's the worst part of it, of our, of our culture on killings full stop hmm. do you think it's like we have um we have uh, an advantage i guess over people that live back home because we live in this country and we have all these um you know all these resources, outlets and yeah. resources yeah, yeah to help us or even if we see a friend going through something because i i do feel like as much resources as we have um someone who's actually going through it may find it hard to use that so do you think we should all be a bit more aware of i think our so. friends or people yeah. maybe people at school like i feel like um in in the uk it's in some sense it kind of is harder because if you're going through something and it's um culturally based and for example what would people say well you're, you're experiencing something it's hard for you to share that with another person because you're like wait what why is your parents thinking like that why are your parents treating you like that there's like that it's not shyness but it's just you don't want to share that hmm. and i feel like um in our countries it's because it's not nice to say but a lot of these things are common but we don't because it's common they're able to share that with you know their peers and people are able to understand them but i feel like if you're going through something that is really outlandish in the uk it might be harder for you to speak out about it because you might just feel you're really alone whereas in in our countries it's quite it's quite out there it's quite people are aware about it and you not you know you're not the only one hmm. if you know what i'm kind of talking about yeah did you have anything to add so, for example, let's just say honor killings, right? That's something that, you know, I haven't personally heard a case in the UK. Personally, I haven't. Oh, I've heard of cases, just not personally. Oh, do you mean personally or in general? In general, I haven't. Really? Seen, yeah, like generally, like, uh, or maybe I'm just like, my mind has just they completely definitely blanked. No, and I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. I'm just saying my mind probably has just completely dismissed mm. it because I'm like, it's a bit, shock. Shock. It's a bit mm. shocking for me. But in in that sense, like, if someone I knew went through that I would not know how to respond I would not even know how to be aware of it, of it. I wouldn't know how the symptoms of someone's behaving mm-hmm. you know um, differently I would there was there would be no way of me knowing that or recognizing that and I think that we kind of should like you said we should become aware of you know these traditions or practices that happen because it does exist in the UK like the whole aspect of what people say it does happen in the UK. Just because we're living in a very liberal society, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Those practices are very, very real at home, and it happens. I think they are starting to um, to educate teachers and things to notice these things in their students because uh, things like this can happen to really young girls, like even primary school age. Mm. So 
I think now we are getting a bit more educated. I think if you mm. just like go on the internet and Google like how to help someone going through it, there'll be a lot of resources. Because I think a while ago, I don't remember where, but I read like an article or like it was a, it was a help, like it was a website to help people. And it's really insightful. Like it shows you all the, um, all the symptoms, not symptoms, but like, though it shows you the character traits of someone who may be going through that like it would show mm. that you'd be able it educates you on how to point out um whether someone might be sent back home for some mysterious reason you know mm. um i think oh, it's important yeah. i think it's important especially for us as representatives of our culture to actually be aware of this um i we did mention religion um a little bit before do you think it gets uh, misunderstood or um religion and culture get mixed up together yeah. and it's like a muddy puddle i think it definitely think does because i feel like one thing that is kind of like it's a frustration for me is that we we for example we all university students here and when we take any anything from um any academic text we contextualize it we historicize it we really look at we look at other opinions but when it comes to the quran we don't we don't even we just take word for word we don't even value it as it's a historical book we don't Tasvir is about me. What is that? You contextualize it. You're supposed to look in depth. You can't just take words for value and then use culture to, you know, express your ego or mm. to express your point that to help um, you control the person in your house or women in your house. It's, it's not like you don't don't reduce religion like that because religion religion is supposed to empower you. Mm. I just it, it really it really frustrates me because people there are some people that grow up thinking that you know my religion is so restrictive but it's not it's your culture that has um your culture that has been expressed to you saying that you know you can't do this you can't do that but it's actually because people you, the backhand of it is because what will people say but it's not it's not why because why do you think this is um why do you think this is an issue but i think it's an issue because uh <coughs> Culture and religion have been inherited simultaneously mm-hmm. um, for our parents and the generation before us. Whereas for us, you know, we it's very separate. It's very separate. So we we learn religion from uh, our teachers, um, maybe our peers, and we're exposed to culture in very snippets. It's not something. It's not community thing. We're not in a community of culture. We're we're in a very multicultural uh, society. So first we're exposed to our British culture, then we're exposed to Islam, and then we're exposed to you know, Asian culture, wherever I you're from. I feel like we grew up with Asian culture. We grew up with it, but I feel like the, in terms of practice, like I never, like when I grew up, I kind of, I, I understood culture all in weddings. Oh, I didn't. was so different. The, the way, like the mentality and stuff like that, like I didn't, it didn't occur to me until I started growing older. And I think, I think you were more aware of what it was differently e- e- when you were older. Yeah, well, yeah I think so. Yeah, I'm aware of it completely older. differently. Yeah, how yeah. did you see it? Um, I feel like I, okay, so I was born in Bangladesh, so I came. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know but that. I came I when I was one, so like okay. it, it, it didn't make that much of an impact. Yeah. But my first language was Bangla, mm-hmm. um, and now it's like gone from my brain. I can't speak it. I can understand. I mean, it. you're one years old. Oh, Come on. Got, how you I, no, no, no. It? But because I was only speaking it until I went to school, I could only speak Bangla oh. in school. Oh, um, wow. And then I came to the UK, and apparently it got replaced. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I grew up with like Bengali culture. My parents probably like dressed me up in like Asian clothes, and I was very aware of like uh, my, the food I was eating was like rice and curry, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like my my parents both came to the UK. They weren't as familiar. Well, my dad went to school here, but he, my mum was all about like Asian Bengali culture. She was very familiar with it. So she and what well, she when I was at home. Asian culture fully. Mm-hmm. I grew up on Bollywood, dress, Indian soaps, mm. um, and then at school that was when I was prepared. That's when I was, um, what's the word? Exposed. Exposed to yeah. British culture. So it was like a back-to-back thing. But yeah. definitely my Asian culture came first, and then you'd start going to mosques. So I'd say my Islamic culture was the latest. Oh. Uh, so like actually. Maybe it happened at the same time in school. I'm not sure yeah. when I exactly I started. But, but maybe you just that, didn't see the Yeah, yeah I didn't the see difference. the value of Asian culture. Like, I knew that I ate curry and rice, but I didn't see it as the forefront thing. I think maybe that's growing just... Growing up in Luton, it, you're, I think it's just... In terms of mentality... very familiar. I think in terms Everyone of mentality, I feel like it same. wasn't enforced. Like, culture was not enforced. Well, maybe I didn't understand it. Not in the same it. way. I think it's just naturally a thing that's Yeah, it's just you. something that we do. That's why it felt... Culture felt me something like just that we do. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, is, is British culture just enforced or isn't that just something mm. that's around you as well? That's true. 
I, I agree with that. Yeah, I feel like the only thing that's actually been taught to us it's is really, the Islamic yeah. culture. But I, I disagree that we should not inherit. That's just another whole show. I just feel like we should not inherit religion. I think we should, because the whole point of religion is to investigate and, you know, you should know why you do things, why you pray, why you, you know, why do you believe in the mm-hmm. religion that you do? Because that's how you grow love. Hmm. I feel like we assign punishment. But then you are really young when you start. You yeah, of course, of course. No, but then well, I think, I feel like we're taught, when you're younger, you're just taught, you got to do this. Yeah. You could, but you're never taught why. Yeah, yeah. It's because our parents don't know why, but that's not their fault. But I'm just saying. It depends on the parent, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. How would you, now that I feel like we're quite grown now and we're like, could be graduating, like graduating from university, we're working, how do you identify yourself? Like, do you, are you, con- are you still confused? Are you still going through it? Or are you like, I would say, do before, you have, when someone asks yeah. you, like, what are you? I do you know that question? I embrace it a lot better yeah. now. now I that embrace it a lot, yeah. And I'm like around non-Bengalis, non-Muslims so much. I'm like, yes, I'm Bengali. It's I'm not Muslim. embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. And yeah. it's like, Agreed. this is who I am. I'm so proud of it, especially after like doing all my studies and stuff. Like, I'm very like patriot um, patriotic i'm more patriotic than i used to be mm. i feel like british Bengalis have a proper like inferiority complex and it's really sad um in our generation at least i think i, I that, agree I think. I think um growing up we did have that yeah. do you have anything you'd say to someone who maybe even in primary school i don't know if they're listening but um for someone in high school maybe who we felt like we didn't we had this yeah, identity crisis do you have any like racism Decolonize your mind. Decolonize your mind. Decolonize education. Decolonize your mind. It's subconscious racism. Don't be ashamed of who you are. Mm. The people, your ancestors have gone through so much to be for you to be where you are right now. Mm-hmm. Be proud of it. Yeah, research yeah. into it because there's so much to be proud of. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good way to end the show. Um, be sure to tune in next week. We are here every Tuesday. You are listening to Sister Speak. Thank you so much for listening. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.